Welcome to Her Fantasy Football, the podcast with all women talking all football. You can check us out on the web at HerFantasyFootball.com or follow us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB. I am your host, Courtney Kirby. And I'm Ashley Williams. And I'm Brandon Lee. Bam, bam, bam. Big week for fantasy football. Now, most everybody has had their draft scene. The first game is tonight. The Williams League had our draft on Labor Day, done within two hours, the quickest draft in Williams history. Yeah, it was kind of shocking how fast it went, right? I think we came in like a minute 50, technically. Yeah. Like, that's like lightning speed for us when usually we're at like four hours. <laughs> four um, hours. You know, I feel good about my team. I don't know about you guys. Um, I always kind of give buyer's remorse, like just a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I think once the season starts, I will really like my team. So, you know, I think I'm maybe the most excited about my receivers in our family league. You know, we've got Roddy Fitz, Jordy, Cecil, T.Y. and Emmanuel. Kind of felt like I was uh, drafting out of Courtney's book here by uh, just liking their names. Great names, Ashley. Great names, right? <laughs> Great. Fitzy. Great names. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, having the timer made just all the difference in the world. I mean, literally, it was a half-life. This was a half-life. Remember that from science class? (laughs) That's what this was. It was unbelievable. I I couldn't believe it could be done, but it was done. Uh, You know, it's interesting. I feel pretty great. I... Everyone was doing the running back, running back stuff, so I kind of veered from my initial plan because I felt like they kind of got eaten eaten up so I have some you know I took Jimmy Graham a little early I took Drew Brees a little early but I don't think I'm going to regret that because I still have CJ Spiller Matt Forte you know Darren Sproles he's not fabulous but LeVon Bell is supposed to be back week two I feel okay and by the way I just want to tell you so Tim Courtney's husband won the best draft but here's an insider tip I have three different leagues in Yahoo and they all have this best draft award every single person to get the award had the first pick and picked Adrian Peterson Adrian Peterson is that overvalued that it didn't matter what else they did because literally in the comments they were like everyone else was okay but you got Adrian Peterson I'm like, yeah. uh, that's not, how unfair is that? And you it's know, really I have fair. to say that I think the people who picked up anybody on Minnesota that wasn't AP got bumped down big time for it because they picked up somebody that wasn't AP. Like, mom got Rudolph, and they're like the worst pick of the draft. It's like, well, everybody had him ranked in the top ten tight ends, so I don't see how really <laughs> that's the worst, you know, tight end pick. But how how shitty do you feel when you're known as the worst player to pick up in the draft? Oh, man. Uh, well, it's okay. Did you guys read Cor- uh, Carson's write-up? It basically was like, unable to overcome his placement in the draft. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what mom said, too. Do bad placing in the draft. You got a <laughs> shitty team. It's like, wow. Okay. You know, I, mean. I'm really happy. I got Marshawn Lynch. I thought he'd be gone by the second pick, so I'm happy I got him. Uh, Megatron came back to me, which I I didn't even have planned in my draft, you know, order because I thought there's no way he's coming back to me that late in the second round, but he did. And I'm like you, Brandon. I switched it up after I saw what was left. I was like, screw it. I'm taking two wide receivers. And I got Julio Jones with my third pick. You know, I'm like... I'm so excited about that. And then I get to fight over every week who I'm going to play, you know, good or not so good. I don't know. Chris Johnson and Steven Jackson. So we'll see with those running backs. I like both of them, but the kind of, but we'll see. We'll see. But I love my (laughs) wide receivers. I got Dwayne Bowe, Steve Smith. I got, um, Denarius more. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't be too sad about that. Okay. So I'm not like so pumped (laughs) about that, but I'll tell you, I already made a trade, and I got a little wide receiver from New England. I'm excited to see blow up on my bench. Your husband he, made a trade within the two hours after our draft. It was brilliant. I shouldn't say trade. He made a move. And I'm like, how are you already making a move? It's been, yeah. He had the best draft because of AP maybe, So, but he still is insecure about his team. So it was a very quick turnaround, wasn't it? <laughs> oh wow! Well, I'm telling you, they said he had the best draft, and then they slammed him. Did you read the write-up? It was like the second half of his draft, he had the least amount of points. 
No, I didn't read the write-ups oh, on it. You should read it. I was like, whoa, that's I feel brutal. like Yahoo was just awful to everyone. I didn't think they were yeah. nice to anyone. <laughs> when I, yeah. They're just assholes this year. Yeah. Well, see, now, I stay with one team for fantasy football um, because it's just such an emotional roller coaster with all of my fantasy husbands that I can't imagine having that many. It's like, whoo. Um, but Ashley, Brandon, you guys are in several other leagues. What, what's going on with the other drafts? I'm doing my most ever. I'm doing four leagues. It's nuts. I put in holy mackerel because mackerels are good fish. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's because <laughs> mackerels are good fish. I just had one on auto draft because we needed to set up this call. Uh, luckily, it's it's over now. This work league, but uh, yeah, so I, I feel really good about it. I actually, feel the best about my first league that I drafted. I think I was the most intense about it, but that one was pretty. I mean, I have like Doug Martin and Stephen Ridley. I have Russell Wilson and Sam Bradford, which I know they're, they're kind of like middle of the pack, but I felt good about them. You know, I got um, Jason Witten, my boyfriend. I felt delicious. That's Good. how I feel. Good. I like it. Yeah, you know, I'm excited about my other league. I'm only in one other league. Usually I'm in three, and I got invited to do a fourth, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to do two this year so I can just focus on the podcast and everything, which, you know, we'll see if that pays off. Probably not. But, <laughs> um, you know, and I waited till the eighth round to pick a quarterback up, guys, which I almost never wait that long. But... You know, I kind of took our yeah, strategy of waiting and because the top quarterbacks got picked off and I was like, I'm just going to wait a little bit. You know, and I feel pretty good about it. I'm mean, having Andrew Luck, who I think is going to be really good. I took Michael Vick. I can't Vick. believe he was available in the eighth round. Can you believe that? Yeah. And Russell Wilson was also available. It was taken one pick before me. Wow. In the eighth. In the eighth. Yeah. So, I mean, my backup's Michael Vick, which, you know, I'm not 100% sure about. You know, so I'm going to have to watch him pretty closely. He makes me a little nervous, but I figure... You know, it's a big risk, but it could really pay off. I mean, I've got some killer running backs, too. I mean, I've got Doug Martin, Jamal Charles. Uh, who else? i got DeMarco Murray, Daryl Richardson. So I feel good about them. You know, i got yeah. some Chris Johnson. Obviously, none of us were the first pick because none of us got Adrian. Yeah, <laughs> clearly none of us <laughs> lucked out in that draw. Oh, that's so Sad. good. Well, it sounds pretty stressful, but good luck, ladies, in your other drafts. I hope that I kick your ass in the family league, I yeah. must say. But may the best woman win. Ashley, anything to report? And more money, more problems. More money. Uh, you know, it's been kind of a, well, maybe it's not really been a quiet week per se, I guess. You know, Brian Erlacher, who, who is now an analyst for Fox Sports 1, I don't know if you guys know that. But he has actually come out to say that during his tenure with the Bears, the team, and apparently like other, you know, teams around the league, would actually fake injuries to slow down high-powered offenses. Like some guys like rolling around on the field. And the coach actually does a simple sign where he does like a swimming dive to say dive because if someone is designated as the dive guy and then he fakes the injury. That's awesome. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I mean, we didn't practice it, but we all knew it was part of the game plan. So when you see the coach doing the diving symbol, the dive guy just fakes the injury. What? Wow, that's awesome. That's they need to get picked up by commercials. They can pay him right? to start diving for him. Yeah. It sounds like shit right out of uh, Belichick's book to me. But it's so good. Whatever. Maybe Michael Phelps should coach in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You see him just running around the sidelines, and all of a sudden somebody's like way hurt. You know what's up. <laughs> uh, ridiculous. Also ridiculous is uh, Keyshawn Johnson has been named one of the 12 contestants for Dancing with the Stars. Woo-hoo. That's seriously a more problem situation. Right? Do you like so how good. now there's like a guarantee as an NFL player like in every single Dancing with the Stars matchup? So good. It's ridiculous. Nasty. But I think what I'm most excited about is that Bill Nye the Science Guy is going to be on it this year. Ah, that's good. That's good. Oh, yeah. I'm actually really jazzed for that. Please tell me you guys all remember Bill Nye, the science guy from, like, school. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, barely, because he was kind of before my time. I had a crush on him. Him and his little white scientist jacket. (laughs) Loved it. Ew. I did. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, has uh, called the league's $765 million settlement with the former players the best outcome for both parties in regards to the concussion settlement that they just had. So according to the settlement, 
you know, this money will be used to compensate former players and their families of deceased players who have suffered, you know, cognitive injury um, and players who have committed suicide from CTE. So other money will be used for baseline medical exams, research, and education. But I think overall it's pretty much a win. People are kind of complaining it's not enough money, but I think overall it's pretty good. Pretty good little conference. I'm glad they're doing something at least. Nice. Yeah. You know. Speaking of uh, illnesses, Brandy, have an update on uh, the MRSA outbreak? Yeah, you know what? Check out, uh, as always, herfantasyfootball.com. Uh, I wrote an article about the MRSA outbreak at the Tampa Bay facility and how, oddly enough, they put uh, kicker Lawrence Tynes on injury reserve, not football-related injury. And I was unaware of this, and I don't know if you ladies know this, but if you go on the not football injury reserve list, that means you don't get another year towards your pension, it's basically them saying that it, they had nothing to do with your injury, and you don't get the same benefits. Yeah, you don't get it's benefits. A, yeah. It's so a bizarre, bizarre. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. And basically his argument, which is based by the, uh, the Players uh, Association, is he's saying, listen, if you, if you drop a weight on your toe, you get put on IR. This is a given. I, I did everything in this facility, and their guard is also struck with MRSA. Well, well, that's the thing, is that they're saying he didn't get the MRSA from them, even though they completely cleared out the whole stadium to sanitize it, and another player got MRSA. So I don't know how they're saying that they didn't give it to him. The man got it at your facility. You pay the man. Well, the thing is, he got it. He got a voluntary surgery on his ingrown toenail, and they're saying it's something with that. But he said everything was fine. It's the facility. He went right. into the facility, and he may have been repairing, but still, just because you're repairing and you go into the facility doesn't mean now the facility's not in charge of what happened. It's, it's nuts. So anyway, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have to deal with that ugly little lawsuit, and they're going to get a lot of little angry tweets from Mrs. Tynes, who actually started this whole ball rolling Feisty. when they said that he was responding well to treatment, and there he is looking like death, and she takes a picture and goes, yeah. This is not responding well. (laughs) (laughs) She's a feisty little thing. I like it. Let us know if you want to be on our show, Mrs. Times, and you can do a little shout out. We'll have a whole five minutes for you to bitch about Marissa. And speaking of, if any of you out there want to contact us, we would love to have your questions on the show. So you can actually contact us at askus at herfantasyfootball.com. And I just realized we haven't even said that on the show. Yeah, yeah. We, have we really, do, we really don't want to hear from you. It's a lie. We don't, <laughs> we don't care about any she of your thoughts confused. or feelings. <laughs> I'm sorry. Forget I said that. Um, <laughs> but don't forget about your quarterbacks. Let's get this party started. All right. So we um, have this philosophy at Her Fantasy Football, and it's called you need to dance with the one who brought you, ladies, because you're ladies. So what does this mean? This means these high draft picks that you took, you've got to start them, even if you're a little scared, even if they're a little weird. So speaking of, there's the top five quarterbacks that are pretty much set in stone across the board. It didn't matter whose rankings you used. That would be Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Uh, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Cam Newton. So out of those top five guys, who do you think might have a rough first game? And why should a lady stick with him anyway? Ashley? You know, I initially was going to say Cam, but being as Cam is one of my quarterbacks, I'm hoping that won't be the case. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think, you know, it will be an offensive showdown with Breeze, who is playing the Falcons. You know, I think Peyton Manning is going to have something to prove against the Ravens. So I really like his fantasy potential as well this week. You know, Cam hasn't looked all that great this preseason, but, you know, I'm not too, too worried about that. This might be a little bit of a rough game. But I think who I must throw is maybe Aaron Rodgers, which I know sounds weird, but he's playing the Niners, and they have a powerhouse defense. You know, and while Aaron will have something to prove... And I think they will win the game. You know, we're talking fantasy here, which is totally different again than regular football. And I think the numbers could be lower than they normally are this week just because it's going to be such a defensive showdown. Yeah, you know, I think I'm most worried about Cam this week. You know, Don't say that. But it's just this week, and that's what I'm telling the ladies. You still play him, but he's playing Seattle's defense, and Seattle's defense, you know, is just eats people apart. You know, and... I don't know. They held him to 150 or 141 yards passing and 42 yards rushing last year. 
And that's not great numbers from Cam. It's they're still good numbers. They're still good numbers, and he's still going to have great numbers in the season. So don't even get worried if his numbers are a little bit lower than projected this week. Um, it's just because he's going against a really, really good defense. Um, yeah, he's going to tear it up for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean the only good news is that they didn't have to travel to Seattle. Because that's where you just get killed. Yeah. If you have to yeah. play in Seattle, <laughs> yeah. if any over. of your people are playing in Seattle, you immediately lower them a little bit. It's a terrible yeah. place for them to play. We'll talk more about that when that happens probably next week. So uh, the game that really confuses me in general is Green Bay at San Francisco. Yep. I don't know how to feel about either of these teams. They've changed a lot. There's a lot of wide receiver questions. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been playing with Randall Cobb or Jordy Nelson. or you know, It's just it's a nightmare because of their injuries. And then, yeah, I mean, Michael Crabtree's gone. Colin Kaepernick's man. So I'm not quite sure how either of them are going to do. Now, Aaron Rodgers played San Francisco in the playoffs. And even though they lost, he still got 19 points, 250 yards passing and two passing touchdowns. And then week one of last year, he played San Francisco at home and got 22 points, almost 23 points, 300 yards passing, two passing touchdowns. So he plays well against them. But I'm more concerned about these wide receivers. And Greg Jennings is gone. Jordy Nelson, questionable. Probable Cobb, Butterfingers, James Jones. Am I the only one a little concerned? Nope. Clearly I was concerned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after that, there's like the next seven pretty even gut calls is what I'm calling them. So um, who do you think will do the best and the worst? Kind of out of Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick, Tony Romo, and RG3, which kind of rounds out the top 12. You know, I got Stafford. I wanted Stafford. I think he's going to have a great season. But I think Matt Ryan is actually going to do better this week. You know, they play against New Orleans, and Saints aren't known for their defense. Uh, They're known for scoring lots of points because they have to, because their defense isn't very good. So I think Matt Matt Ryan's going to have a great year. I mean, a great game against him. Last year, he averaged 325 yards in the four times, you know, four meetings he's had with them in the last um, couple years. So I think... I think he's going to do really well. And that's just slightly better than the 140 yards Cam's expected to get. (laughs) Sorry, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Not to point that out. Not to point it out. Just slightly better. Slightly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, New Orleans is not known for their defense. I think I have them ranked, what, like third or fourth to last, I want to say. I mean... Yeah, things aren't looking up for New Orleans and their D. But you know, I'm with you, Courtney. I think Matt Ryan's going to kill it this year. You know, I just have this like warm, fuzzy feeling that everything's going to fall into place for the Falcons. You know, and Tony Gonzalez also thinks so, and I don't question that man, not at all. Love me some Tony, but I'm a little nervous for Russell Wilson. And you know, it's not because you know I think he's going to do poorly because I really think that everybody that you listed, Brandon, is actually going to do really well. They're going to do fine. But I think there's such an expectation for Russell Wilson that I think the moment that he doesn't have these killer standout games, people are just going to assume that, you know, he's in a sophomore slump. He's doing terrible, which I don't think is fair. So I'm just more concerned on that level for Russell Wilson. There are three big games going on as far as I'm concerned, uh, where you're just going to get fantasy gold, Atlanta, New Orleans, no one's playing defense. Everybody's playing offense. Everybody's happy. Play everybody. Uh, Philadelphia at Washington, again, their defense, both those teams, have just let people run through. They're just like a filter, barely, to get out the residue. Um, So RG3 and Vic, as far as I'm concerned, if you have them, start them. And Oakland at Indianapolis. Ladies, I think this might be an Andrew Luck renaissance. Uh, (laughs) You know what's funny is that mom was just talking my ear off about who she doesn't know who she's going to start, Russell Wilson or Luck. And I said, you play Luck. He's playing against Oakland. Oakland. Shame on you if you don't start Luck this week, people. If he doesn't have a renaissance. Philadelphia hasn't been able to stop a mouse. Yeah. RG3 hasn't played yet, so I don't know. This is the Raiders. I mean, if you can't have a renaissance against the Oakland Raiders, it's not going to happen for you this year. Like, it's not going to happen. You know, like, come well, on. He, you know, Luck is a no-brainer. scoring QB last year, and he looked hot in the preseason, and Oakland is Oakland, so do what you need to do. Um, on that note, let's say, let's say that this is an obvious thing, but maybe not. 
do not start your backup QB week one, unless it's one of those studs that we just talked about that are like in that tier two. But let's just say, who out of the rest are you kind of looking at with like a vested interest? Like who do you think would have a breakout year and, and maybe starting with week one, who do you think might be in the top 10 that's a big surprise? You know, I'm interested in seeing how Big Ben does this year, you know, and this game. You know, he, he had 363 yards and a touchdown against the Titans. It's another team that you should feel comfortable playing your offensive guys against the Titans. So mm-hmm. I'm really interested in seeing. There's a lot of buzz around him. Either he's going to be good or bad. Um, you know, I like them, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping they do, do well. Say what you will about Ben, but Ben could get like run over by a truck and he's still gonna start. You know, yeah, he's still grizzled. gonna he's still gonna get you some decent numbers, you know. Mm. But with that said, I don't wanna get quite a reaction from Courtney in particular, but I'm interested in Eli Manning. <laughs> she just threw something at you through the computer. Wow. You know, I know he's burned a few people, but he's you. a he's a Manning, you know, and he's a two time Super Bowl champion and he's looked pretty good this preseason. I mean, Ashley, every show has to have the person that nobody listens to. And thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for taking that role. I'm telling you, Eli, I think, is going to have a decent year this year. I'm not saying oh he's going to be pulling, you know, Tom Brady numbers, but I think he's going to do better than expected. He's going to creep well, into the I'm top ten here and there. Top ten? Well, you know, hey, I'm going to go a little deeper in the in – the, sleeper territory here. I'm interested in that Arizona at St. Louis game, which was interesting because everyone started laughing in the pre-show where like the three of us were just kind of talking about what we're going to talk about. And they were like, Oh, who cares about that game? And I was like, that's actually one of my answers. Um, I think it's interesting because Carson Palmer is one of those guys that's always had potential. He's kind of like a cutler who never had a good receiver. Well, now he has a good receiver. He has Larry Fitzgerald. So I'm interested to see if he's going to be able to kind of prove himself. And then Sam Bradford's the guy that everyone always said, he'd be so great, but he doesn't have any weapons. He doesn't have any weapons. Well, now he has Chris Givens. He has Tavon Austin, Jared Cook. And as you know, in your draft, they were all listed as sleepers. Supposedly these guys have a lot of talent. So I want to see, are these people that talented? Was this just hype? What's the deal? And I think it's kind of nice that they're playing each other. It's kind of this learning game, you know? I'm glad you're the only person tuned into that game, Brennan. <laughs> also, we found out that it is the cheapest game right now. If you go to ESPN, you can buy tickets to it for $11. So if you're in St. Louis, pony up. Even pony I would go up. see that for $11. <laughs> pony it's cheaper up. than a movie. It's cheaper than a beverage at a lot of these stadiums. <laughs> Seriously. Well, we're going to move on to running backs because that's who we're also watching in these stadiums. Uh, Okay, so like the QBs, you dance with the one who brought you, and most of you used a first-round pick on a running back. So out of the first 12, they're all pretty consistent. Um, Peterson, Martin, Foster, Lynch. I'm not going to list them all. But we're going to talk about which of the players in the top 12, you guys all know who they were because you did just, just did your draft, which of those players do you think will have the best week and which one makes you a little nervous? You know, I like Doug Martin. And he actually moved up a little bit in the average draft position, which I thought was interesting too because he was kind of coming in around like third or fourth back. I think he moved his way up to second. But, you know, A, he's always going to be good. You know, he's a must start. And B, He's playing the Jets. Enough said. He's going to have a killer week. <laughs> like, come on. And, you know, I like Spiller a lot this year, but I think he might have a slightly lower results than normal this week because he is up against the Patriots. And the Patriots defense is one of those kind of like silent but deadly defenses that mm-hmm. you, don't really, you don't really think of the Patriots think of good defense, but they're always in like the top five defenses. So, you know, I think he's going to have a slightly worse week than normal. <laughs> You know, I, I like Jamal Charles this week. I, I think the Chiefs play against Jacksonville. I mean, they were ranked 30th last week or last year against rushing defense. So, um, you know, some people are scared because of his little foot sprain. I'm not. I'm on board with him. I'm confident that he will perform. This is going to be a good game to boost Kansas City's morale. Um, I drafted Alex Smith. Go, go Kansas. Um, and Dwayne Bow. just so everyone knows. She's um, all in. I'm drinking the juice. I'm drinking the juice. Um, You know, Forte worries me a bit this week just because they're playing against Cincinnati, and I just, 
I worry about that combo there in Chicago. It's kind of a weird um, dynamic or, you know, whatever going on over there. So not full in on Forte. I mean, the good news is that he can just act like he's hurt. Yep. And just stop yeah. the defense. Yeah. Someone's going to be diving <laughs> on the sidelines. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so once again, I'm just loving the Philadelphia-Washington game. I'm talking McCoy. I'm talking Alfred Morris. I'm talking start, start, start. Love them. Um, you know, it's the first game, so it's so hard to talk about these things because all you have to go off of is last year or meh preseason play against mostly second string, third string people. So uh, what I will say is last year, unfortunately, McCoy got hurt against the Washington Redskins and then tried to come back against the Washington Redskins. And so he played terrible against them last year. So I think he might be making a statement, which I think is interesting this year with saying, I'm back. Um, well, out of the remaining starting RBs, uh, who do you think has the potential to sneak into the top 10? You know, I like Maurice Jones-Drew. You know, I read some stuff about him today, and, you know, not everybody's up on his game. But I think he's going to have a great week against the Chiefs. You know, just as I'm excited about the Chiefs' offense, I believe their defense still needs improvement. So I think Maurice, you know, was such a low draft pick. I mean, you got him so low for, I think, what he's worth that you play him. He's going to have a good week. I think he's going to hop into the top 10 running backs. I love me some MJD. I'm on board with that. I'm also on the Chris Johnson bandwagon again. You know, I was definitely <laughs> hating him for a couple years there, but, you know, I think I like him again. He's looked really good this preseason, you know, and I think he has a shot to break in the top 10, and he had no problem busting through the steel curtain, you know, with 91 rushing yards and 23 receiving yards last year against the Steelers. You know, and I think with a little healthy competition from Sean Green breathing down his neck, you know, I think he's got a little extra motivation to get in the end zone. So I think he could have a killer, killer week. Yeah, and I know I'm going to get total crap for this, but I think McFadden might be a solid play this week. I mean, Indianapolis <laughs> defense, supposedly they've made uh, some improvements, but, you know, they were pretty bad last year. And with Pryor being a running QB, I, I feel like that kind of opens up the run for McFadden. Uh, yeah. I know, I know. He's, he hasn't really proved himself lately, but I'm not hating him. <laughs> well, we just picked three guys that most people hate. Hate, yep. Um, good luck this week, ladies. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so like, let's just say that some of our listeners, maybe with a f- few people that didn't get the, you know, must-draft running backs memo, who would you suggest watching in the first game for, like, a possible pickup off the waiver wire or a high-end backup running back? I would keep my eye out for Ahmad Bradshaw. I know I've been hating on him a little bit earlier in a different podcast because, A, I just think that he was going a little too high. But if you were in a smart fantasy league and he did not get taken off the boards insanely high, he's definitely someone to look out for. I mean, he has been injured, so I think some people were a little nervous about taking him. So you might have a good chance of picking him up. And, you know, he, he's a little bit of a frustrating player to watch, but he's generally a guarantee to get you at least some points. So I think he is definitely someone to keep your eye on, you know, for the waiver wire, for sure. You know, if he was not drafted, I did draft him, and I would suggest that others do the same. Get him on your team ASAP. Ben Tate. And I know he's not a starter, but he will be, people. He will be. Oh not goodness. wishing poor feelings on anybody, but I'm saying Ben Tate, perfect handcuff. Get the man on your bench. If you're not going to play these running backs anyways, get him now. You will play him by the end of the season. Well, I think that's interesting. I think probably both those guys are pretty close to gone. I mean, definitely Maude Bradshaw's gone. But I think if you have those guys and you're thinking, oh, maybe they're not good running back one material, maybe they are. And that's kind of good news. And here's the other thing. Bilal Powell was just named the starter for the New York Jets. Now, I know. The (laughs) Jets. And I apologize up front for bringing up their name. Uh, But I feel like they have to run the ball because Geno Smith is terrible. So they're going to get yards. They're just going to do it. I think it's probably due to Ivory's injury. But still, he's listed as a starter, and Ivory keeps getting injured. So I think there's a real opportunity for him to be a legitimate starter in the NFL and possibly on your fantasy team. So if you're, if you're desperate, he may actually still be on the waiver wire today. I think for sure. I like that. that. Everybody picked up Chris Ivory because he was the starter during most of these drafts. So he's definitely a good viable option. 
Oh, this is this is not another thing, ladies. Do not join a team that's having their draft in June or July. <laughs> do not do that. Yeah, because that's crazy. Perfect record of tight ends going down like hotcakes, and people have got Pitta on their team. And it's like, no. If you're new to fantasy, do not do not sign up for a team that's going to have an early draft. Make sure the draft is in the last you know two weeks, three weeks before the games start. Yeah. And so, speaking of, so when you have those kind of situations, you have to use the waiver wire, which means you're going to drop a player, you're going to pick up a player. Now, each of us kind of have backup running backs on our roster. So how do you handle those backups? I mean, do you keep, a, keep them for a couple weeks, see if they improve, if they do end the first week? Do you just drop the lower ones right away to add ones that really kind of broke out? You know, I, I say you pick up people low in your draft to drop and pick up somebody better. In fact, I already dropped a running back um, that I just picked up for fun because he was in the fourth row, and I just, why not? It's my 16th pick, you know, who cares? Um, But I I dropped him and got a new guy this week. So, you know, I think... I think that you just keep an eye on what's hot, what's going on, because somebody you could pick up that's going to be great for you that week is going to be awful in the next three weeks. So that's those are the reasons why we have that many drafts or draft positions. Yeah, you know, and, and I hold on to my people for a little bit to kind of see what potential they have. And it's not that I'm afraid to drop somebody. Um, you know, like if you see a killer defensive matchup and you want to drop one of, you know, your seventh, sixth receiver, you know, go for it. Absolutely. If somebody's projected a really high amount, you know, I would say in particular, keep an eye for receivers. I feel like receivers every year is where somebody just like surprises you out of nowhere and blows up a couple games, you know, and you, you, you need to be, yeah, Cruz did it. Ogletree with the Cowboys. Remember when he was blowing up all over the place, but you have to be really quick to get to the waiver wire on those in order to actually get it. So, I mean, I guess I would say don't just drop someone to drop somebody, but also don't be afraid to jump ship on some of those lower picks for somebody that's blowing up and is hot. And you know what? I'm super slutty with my backups. I pick them up. I drop them off. I use them. I throw them away. I do not care. I am going to pick up the guy who blows up. I'm going to drop you. I just don't care and that may be terrible and sometimes I forget regret it but it's really rare the only time is that there was one time that I picked up Victor Cruz's breakout year and I dropped him the next game in one league and another league I kept him it was a bad move but that's the only one I remember in my years of playing fantasy football that's the only person I remember dropping and regretting I will say I just picked up Ken Burrell Thompson New England's wide receiver get him if he's on your waiver wire which he probably is pick the man up he's going to be one of those breakout people for New England I'm telling you Tom Brady's got to throw it to somebody it's going to be him well Courtney that's a perfect transition to uh, the wide receivers I like it (laughs) so I guess my first question for you guys is the average draft position for Calvin Johnson was five five does this seem too high to you guys I mean, it doesn't seem that high to me, and I was the third pick in an eight-man league, so I was the, what is that, the 15th pick, or no, 14th pick coming around, and I got him. I got him in the second round. I couldn't believe it. I had, in, in my drafting plan, there was no way in heck that Calvin Johnson was still going to be around, and I got him, so I, I don't think five is too high for Megatron. I think the man is worth it. I think he should go higher than quarterback. Well, you know, it's interesting. I've realized this year that I am the most comfortable with playing matchups with my wide receivers out of any other position. I'd rather have a really good QB I play every week, really good running backs I play every week, even a stud tight end. But wide receivers, I kind of switch weekly based on the matchup and, like, the chemistry they have with their quarterback. And, you know, although my PPR leagues, I did take um, Brandon Marshall high. I took... I think Victor Cruz, Roddy White. You know, I took some of these studs a little bit higher, but I never reach enough for Calvin Johnson. And I think it's just me. And then in standard leagues, I'm kind of like, meh. I don't know. But I, I love him, and I think he's the most beautiful man in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I think do. you're right, Brynn. Like, I think that's where I struggle the most come the morning, like S- Sunday morning, setting my lineup is with my receivers. Because to me, it's 100% matchups. 
with wide receivers. When running backs mm-hmm. are basically starting the same ones for the most part. But receivers, I will alternate on those quite a bit. But I think that five, you know, being the fifth person taken, period, is too high for Calvin Johnson. And I guess the reason I feel this way is that he had the 20th most fantasy points last year. So taking him five when he is only the got the 20th most points seems a little crazy to me. I'll give you the second round. I think, you know, where you got him, Courtney, was a great deal. But I think taking him as the fifth person off the board, no way. Not, not me. Too high for me. Well, clearly, because it came back around to me. <laughs> clearly, I wasn't taking it. Yeah. <laughs> nope. You know, and so, you know, moving on to the next kind of question here. You know, the top 10 draft picks were comprised of all running backs and Calvin Johnson. That made it the top 10, you know, average draft picks. You know, and it wasn't until the 13th and 14th pick that another receiver was taken. And the 15th position was rounded up by Aaron Rodgers as the first quarterback, you know, the average draft position to be taken. Does this seem about right to you? Is this kind of similar in the drafts that you guys have been participating in? I just love that you've decided to use the wide receiver position as, like, your bully pulpit for how bad people are at drafting. Yep. And You're welcome. And, and that we're going to discuss it hindsight, hindsight 2020. It's blowing my mind. It. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Blowing my mind. It is blowing your mind. Um, I would say, you know, most people drink the running backs Kool-Aid. So that's why I started, you know, snatching up the Drew Brees, the Brandon Marshalls, the Jimmy Grahams, because I was like, you know what? Listen, they're the best. I'm not going to take David Wilson from the New York Giants, that running back that is still unproven as far as I'm concerned. He's fine, but I'm not going to take him over a Jimmy Graham, who is the best tight end, or Drew Brees, who had the most points out of all of the quarterbacks, or Aaron Rodgers for that matter. I took Drew Brees instead of Aaron Rodgers because of the wide receivers, but really that's just a matter of preference. But no, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not really into taking wide receivers that high. Once again, it's like, I mean, you know, and the problem is you do need to take running backs because it kind of goes from the just okay guys to the absolutely awful guys fast. Whereas there's a lot of eh, guys that are wide receivers that at least I can play with and take a chance with. I got a great running back in round five. And what I think is a great running back. I got Steven Jackson in round five. So I think there was still great value in running backs, you know, in in our draft at least. I mean, your friend Tom did some crazy shit with Aaron Rodgers (laughs) as his fourth overall pick and following that drafting three more quarterbacks which I don't I, I think mean. he only drafted two more quarterbacks oh no he has four no, quarterbacks he has four quarterbacks who I mean, are they <laughs> he had um, Matt Ryan Aaron Rodgers oh I didn't know he had Matt ben Ryan Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning is that yep right? yep yep what? that's a that's outrageous I mean and I get it his hope is that people are you know these sophomores are going to get burned this year and get injured, and we're all going to be like, Tom, give us one of your quarterbacks. That's what he's hoping for, and he can pick Please. up a Brandon Marshall or one of these guys in a trade. That's what he's that's what he's banking on, but it, it messed up our draft. You know, I'm, I'm, I did not think I was going to draft two wide receivers within the first three picks, and I did. You know, I, I went for it, and I still feel like my second and third running back are, are worth it, so... I mean, Tom picking up four quarterbacks is just, like, straight craziness. Like, it's just... <laughs> and he would lean over to me, he's like, do you think this is a bad pick? And I was like, yeah, I do. You already have three <laughs> quarterbacks. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to take them. I'm like, all right. You know, and I think he was just literally trying to cock block us this year. That's what he's trying to yeah. do. Yeah. And it's kind of an interesting strategy because quarterbacks do get so many points. So if your quarterback gets hurt, it's like, well, who am I going to pick? You know, and so I'll be intrigued to see how that plays out, you know. But I think the first picks should have been running backs, like you said, because there is such a small pool there to choose from that are, like, standouts. You know, and this wasn't the case in my friends league where quarterbacks were all the first to go. Like, Colin Kaepernick was the first person taken off the board, which is just a little bit ridiculous. But, you know, I went running backs and got some goodies, you know, and Aaron had the second most fantasy points last year. So... You know, I was a little surprised that Aaron Rodgers, with the second most points period of all positions, didn't have the average draft position until 15, with two, sorry, three wide receivers before him. I think that's a little, that's a, I was a little surprised. A little crazy to me. But a little to, cray cray. To each their own. You know, so what wide receivers did you guys get in your drafts? 
And which of those are you most excited about? And are you tempted to drop any of them before the season even starts? Apparently, Courtney's already dropping. She's dropping machine. Her and her husband. Dropping machine. Dropping, dropping machine. Dropping machine. But you know um, who? I actually haven't dropped any wide receivers. I just picked up a wide receiver. I dropped a running back to get him. Um, and, but, yes, I would drop my two bottom wide receivers. You know, I got Denarius Moore, which, you know, is like a wash because. Total wash. Um you know, I'm sure Oakland will be excited if they even get a touchdown, not alone a passing touchdown. But, um, you know, I, yeah, I'm excited about my wide receivers. I got Megatron, Julio, Julio. Dwayne, and, and Steve Smith. So I think, you know, although Dwayne and Steve aren't on the best teams, I think that they're still going to produce good fantasy points. You know, I've got a lot of Miles Austin and Deshaun Jackson in my leagues. And I'm into it. It's like you're a happy girl with that. I love Deshaun Jackson. He's my Instagramming friend. I love him. Uh, yeah, so I and I love the Chip Kelly offense. I think that's going to actually pan out well for me. Um, you know, I kind of was all over the... It's hard when you have four leagues. I think you're right, Courtney. It gets a little weird. Um, in one league, I'm really good. In my PPR league, I have Brandon Marshall, Vincent Jackson, and Hakeem Nix, and T.Y. Hilton, and Emmanuel Sanders. That's probably my best one. Um, the rest of them, as I said, I kind of, you know, I mean, one of them I have Roddy White, Jordy Nelson, and Pierre Garçon. That's pretty good. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of uh, about my wide receivers. And I kind of feel that way about all of them, unless you got the top guys. Listen, I wish I would have gotten Calvin Johnson, Brandon Marshall, Des Bryant, AJ Green. I mean, those guys are out of this world. Julio, Julio, people. Julio. Julio is ranked third and fourth in most people's rankings. And he should, he should not be. He should not be. He shouldn't even be close. Julio had some in like, fact, crazy I, big games last year. Yeah. And he had some terrible games. And he shares with Roddy White, Tony Gonzalez, Stephen Jackson. So did Des Bryant. No. Des Bryant had awful games too. Yep. And you know, and yep. not towards the end. Good. Well, yeah, when you're in the final bracket, the losing bracket, because he's disappointed you every week <laughs> to that point, you know, then you can win. You can get fourth place. Woo! All I'm saying is we have different perspectives. Brandon's so jazzed for Miles Austin this year, and I love it. Good. Jeez. Well, because I could get him in, like, the 10th or 12th round. I have him high. high on our list compared to other people, too. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I think we all remember when he was actually good. And I think you got the potential yes. again this year. But, you know, I already mentioned who I got in our family league, and I'm pretty stoked for Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzy. I love him. Love him and his tush. Um, you know, and I would be tempted to drop Emmanuel Sanders. But like I've said, you know, I'm trying to hold on to them for the first few weeks, kind of see what they're going to do. Unless, again, somebody's blowing up, and then in which case, you know, Sanders is gone. But I think he's going to be really good this year, so I, I'm, I'm not really tempted to drop him, per se. But in my friends league, you know, I have Demarius Thomas, Victor Cruz, Greg Jennings, Dwayne Bow, and your boy Miles Austin, Brandon. You know, so out of all of them, mm-hmm. Miles would be the first to be dropped. He's on my bubble. But uh, come on, who else would you drop other than Miles Austin on that list? I think Seriously. I have an issue rooting for the Cowboys. I just, you know, I hate rooting for the Cowboys. But I get a little nervous about Dwayne Bow too, just because it's the Chiefs. But I'm, I'm kind of on Courtney's wagon here that I think they're going to have a big improvement this year. And Dwayne they Bowe's, have a quarterback yeah. this year, people. And he's I mean, been good the last few years without a quarterback. So, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged for this year. I feel good about it. Good. Now, is there a certain wide receiver, guys, that you have, you know, perhaps, you know, on warming up your bench that on a normal week, but this week, because of a favorable matchup, you're willing to put him in over maybe one of your more top receivers? Miles Austin. Shocking. This is actually the Miles Austin show. I forgot to tell you guys. <laughs> I'm going to call this Sorry. the Miles Austin edition when we get this done with the show. This is me and Miles, the show. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, he had two seasons over 1,000 yards apiece. Last season it was, uh, you know, 800-some yards. Listen, he's fine. Uh, in fact, he's more than fine. And I got him in, like, yeah, the 10th, 12th round. It's nuts how late I got this guy. So, yeah, I, I can see him easily starting. Same with Deshaun. Actually, Deshaun Jackson is my backup in every league it's a good backup um yeah so i'm fine i feel good yeah you know i'm interested in seeing how the broncos receivers do sharing the ball this this week you know mm, mm. and uh, you know you've got demarius welker decker and then you have thomas as well in the tight end position um 
So I'm, you know, I'm really interested. I know I didn't draft any of them because I was worried about them. I mean, I'm sure they're all going to do great, but it's so it's so scary watching games like that when so many receivers are touching the ball. So I'm interested to see how they do and see how they go up and down the rankings every week. And you know what? They um, went way too high. All the all the drafts that I did, they went really high, and I was really like, high. "How do you even know who's going to be the star?" I have really Les Welker and Eric Decker lower than most people on the list for that reason alone. Is that like you, Courtney? I'm nervous. Like they're going to be sharing the ball a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, my husband picked Wes Walker up, and it was completely just because of his bromance. And he said, "I know I got him too high, but I really wanted him." <laughs> like everybody has at least one you know, emotional. Everyone's pick got in one every of those draft. emotional picks. That's right. That's right. Wes Walker. And Miles Austin. Yeah, Walker oh. would not be mine, or Miles Austin. But no. Mm-mm. You know, all my starters actually look pretty solid, particularly this week. So there's really, you know, my bench players are slightly riding the pine for me. So I'm intrigued. That's not like the worst and best part is because like you want your bench players to do really well so that you feel good about picking them up, but you want them to do like slightly worse than the people you started so that you don't hate yourself for not starting them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got my third wide receiver is Dwayne Bow right now, and I also have Steve Smith, and it's kind of a toss-up on who do you play kind of situation. So... Um, Because they're kind of the same receiver on the same team, you know. But that's the thing is that exactly Carolina's playing Seattle's D, so I'm going with Bo. I have Bo in my lineup right now. We'll see what happens on Sunday, but that's what my gut's telling me right now. Let's move on to the tight ends. So Gronkowski will most likely be not be playing in Sunday's game, although you know how the Patriots play it. He's questionable. Everybody's questionable. Uh, Um, so they're playing against Buffalo. So who will you need your backup tight end to be? Is there any other starting tight end that will be benched for a backup that will play a little bit better against their matchup this week? I'll tell you what. Uh, the Patriots would be ridiculously dumb to play Rob Gronkowski, but you know they played him last year when he had that broken form and he broke it again. I mean, who knows? So, um, but I'm liking the Sack Sudfeld, this other guy over in New England, and I'm starting him over Jordan Cameron this week because Jordan Cameron, although I think he's going to be a great tight end um, for Cincinnati, he's playing against the Bears, and I still think the Bears D is formidable. So, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I also think that sadly the Buffalo is a very you know easy team to play. And I think they want to give this Sudfeld guy confidence just in case Gronkowski's out for a while. So I think they're going to use him. Good choice, Brandon. I bumped Sudfeld up huge in our rankings. Yeah, you know, I have Tony Gonzalez and Owen Daniels in our family league. The beautiful, beautiful Tony. I mean, he's going to get the start Mm -hmm. for sure. Clearly. No question. Uh, But in my friends league, you know, I have Sudfeld and I have Brandon Myers. And I'm giving Sudfeld the start just like you said, Brandon, because again, you're playing Buffalo and Buffalo is not known for a super solid defense. And I think that, like you said, that they're going to use him a lot because they need to give him that confidence and to really kind of get him into motion so that when Gronk does come back, there is a true two tight end set kind of threat that a defense needs to prepare for. So I think they're definitely going to hone in and focus on him. You know, and I think he's really kind of like the new PG Aaron Hernandez for them. So I like it. Yeah. I agree. You know, I drafted Jordan Cameron as well um, in our fantasy league, and I drafted him kind of high because I just I feel like he's going to be a Gronk kind of player, and I think that he's going to really go up high in those uh, rankings here towards you know in the season. But I'm benching him for my second tight end, Greg Olson, um, just because of that, just because of the matchup situation. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think we have Greg Olson ranked higher, but. You know, I don't know. I don't know. And that, again, is going to be a game-time decision. I, you know, I just – it's going to be a gut feeling for me. But thank you, Brandon, for bringing up Sudfeld. Make sure everybody knows Gronk is out this week. Sudfeld is your man. Which tight end do you think will have the best performance this week and which tight end will fall below expectations? Well, I mean, I think Jimmy Graham is a no-brainer that he is going to have the best performance. woo You know, I mean, it's Jimmy Graham. I mean, he's – leaps and bounds better than any other tight end right now that's going to be playing. You know, when Gronk is playing, you got kind of a little bit more of a debate there, but Jimmy Graham, for me, hands down, will be the best. And again, like we said, it's going to be an offensive showdown 
<laughs> so expect a lot of points from any Falcon oh, or oh. Saints player, really. So for me, Antonio Gates is someone that you know will have a less than expected week, I think. You know, he's playing against a very good Houston Texans defense. You know, and I'm just not sure the Chargers have everything figured out quite yet. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't get a good vibe from the Chargers. I think they're going to pick up, you know, midseason. But right now, I just, ugh, I don't love it. it. Makes me nervous. Yeah. No, I agree. Atlanta at New Orleans, once again, start everybody. Everybody. Hello. Graham and T- Gonzalez of the tight ends. Easy peasy. Uh, once again, that Green Bay-San Francisco game. I have no idea what's going on there. You know, both those quarterbacks need their tight ends to step it up, but both of those tight ends are pretty, I don't want to say disappointing, but pretty much. I mean, Vernon Davis and Jermichael Finley are not dependable at all. Um, I have a question for you, Courtney, that maybe you can help me out. So I drafted Jared Cook and Jared Cameron and Jordan Cameron in a league. Which one would you say I should start this week? See, this week I'm going all in on Cook. All in on Cook. You know, he's been playing against the Cardinals, you know. And I think they have a better quarterback this year to make really boost his fantasy points. I'm in in on the Cook. It's so weird that we're kind of dogging on Cameron this week. And we're so hyped on him during preseason. Um, But I just don't think this is his week. It's just like Cam Newton. Don't rule these people out. They're going to have great seasons, but this week is not their week. I think Jared Cook is going to blow up. Oh, my gosh. I think I misspoke, by the way. No, Jordan Cameron. Oh, my gosh. I put him in Cincinnati. He's playing Miami at home. Well, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. Well, there you go. I guess we've made my gut decision as well. The game day, we're playing (laughs) Jordan Cameron over Craig Olsen. I kept thinking he was in Cincinnati, but that's, what's his name? Eifert and, um... That makes things a little bit tougher, but I'm telling you, I think Cook is going to have a week this week. You think it's Cook? I think it's Cook. I I don't know. I think think Cook's going to really blow it out. I trust you, lady. Let's move on to the most important position in football. We have the kicker. If you don't have MRSA, you are awesome. So, this week, (laughs) I ranked... Hushka, I think is how you pronounce his name, in the top ten for the first time since we started doing rankings. He will be playing against Carolina. The Panthers allowed the third most field goals with 35 last year. He had three field goals and an extra point against the Panthers last year. Any other kickers you are willing to pick up off the waiver wire because of their matchups? I think Matt Prater's probably already gone. Um... In most of your leagues, although sometimes people take really weird kickers, so maybe he's available. Isn't that uh, true? People like just will like yeah. pick a random kicker, like rank like twenty. Like I don't know, I feel good about him. I feel good. I don't know. I'm like, it's weird. All right, do it. Um, but you know what? I I think the Baltimore defense is going to be a little bit tougher than people expect, and I think that um, they're going to be more field goals than you think this time. Because you know, I think if I were Baltimore, I'd be a little ticked off that no one's talking about me, even though I'm the Super Bowl champ. And I think they're going to kind of put up a big fight. I don't I think, think it'll help, but... I think it'll be a really close game, actually. I think the Broncos will prevail, but I think it's going to be a really close game. Yeah, I'm and nervous. I, and I could see a lot of field goals. I, I could get on board with the Matt Prater pickup there. I mean, for me, I'm not willing to drop one of my players the first week to pick up a new kicker. Like, if I'm going to be dropping someone, it's probably not for a kicker. So, but I mean, I have Blair Walsh, so why would I need to drop anyone? Like, Love them. I'm all set. I'm all good. So, you know, not yet. I'm sitting tight. You never know because with kickers, it is another one of those matchup situations like defenses where you could have a really solid kicker. But if you're playing, you know, a team where you think they're just going to get kind of close to the end zone and not actually be able to make it all the way in, then that's a good opportunity to pick up a kicker. But for me, I'm sitting tight at least initially. Week one, for sure. You know, I think if Zerlin, is that how you pronounce his name? Greg Zerlin for St. Louis. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't picked up, I think he might be a good pickup this week against um, Arizona. I think he might score a lot of points. Um, you know, you hate to go with some of these teams that have been switching with their kickers, like you know, like they change their underwear. I mean, it's so it's so frequent. Yeah. But Lindell for Tampa Bay against the Jets might not be a bad pick either. 
you know, again, you don't really want to waste one of your picks, but if you picked a guy just because you wanted to fill that spot, I say there's no reason to pick up an extra kicker for a week. Just Don't saying. pick up an extra one. Just drop your other kicker. Are you really willing to drop your kicker week one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that guy. Brandon, we care about I mean, kickers on this show. I, yeah. That's right. That's putting us on the we map. Care. But. We care. Kickers matter, just so you know, people. Okay. All right. Predictions. Who will produce the most points in game one for kickers? My money is on Phil Dawson. You know, I think, like Brian has been saying, the Packers and Niners is we have very confusing, weird game. Weird. And so we have battle the defenses. And I think the kickers are really going to come into play here. Cause I think there's going to be a lot of just, like, stops, you know, probably around, like, the 30-yard line. And I think he actually has some points for some high, you know, because, again, what people don't realize is that the further away your field goal is, the more that is worth. So you get a difference between, you know, a three-point field goal and a five-point field goal. And I think you got a good opportunity in this game as well to get some five-pointers. So for me, Phil Dawson. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be uh, one of the kickers of, at the game, the Tennessee at Pittsburgh game. So that's Rob Baronis for Tennessee or Sean Squeezum for Pittsburgh. Uh, because I think the whole game is going to be field goals. Actually, I think they're both kind of anemic offenses playing each other, and, and someone's got to win, and so someone's got to do some kicking, and that person's going to have to win the game for them. So, I mean, I don't know if that's that's not how you want to win in real football, but in fantasy, I'll take those points. Heck, yeah. You know, I think, you know, I put Matt Bryant, but I'm almost taking that back just because I'm really hoping the Falcons get touchdowns, seeing I have two of their players. Um, But I think that's going to be a good game, whether it's touchdowns or not. The man's still going to get some points for you. So it's tough. You know, we're talking about doesn't matter compared to doesn't matter. So it's kind of hard with the kickers. (laughs) (laughs) But let's let's move on to the defenses, actually. Yeah, you know... Defense is fun. So, I mean, if you had any choice of any defense to start next week, or this week, I should say, who's it going to be? Well, I think everybody should feel really happy that I did not have to sell my children. Bam, I got Seattle defense. (laughs) Seattle defense. Um, Love them. Love them. I think that they're obviously going to be the number one defense every week forever. Um... But, yeah, that's who I'm choosing. You know, and if I can't choose them, I guess the Houston Texans against San Diego are probably going to have a pretty good week. I mean, it's Phillip. The man throws interceptions. So. What? No, he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, people have come around on the Phillip Rivers has lost it trajectory. Totally lost it. It's unbelievable. Um, It's unfortunate, Courtney. I had actually already painted the nursery. I was ready to receive Genevieve and Scarlett. When she says nursery, she lives in New York City. She means her coat closet is what she means. It's cozy. That's what they call it here. Cozy. Um, (laughs) Listen, you start Tampa Bay because they're playing the Jets, or you start Indianapolis because they're playing Oakland, and everything will be fine. Turnovers equals points. Points equals Brandon is happy. Geno Smith and Terrell Pryor equal turnovers simple math people but it'll be interesting to watch because it's kind of like watching a fire it's sad <laughs> you wonder when the firefighter is going to get there unfortunately the firefighters might ch- mark sanchez Ugh, just gets uglier and uglier talk people. about faking an injury huh <laughs> oh, too soon, too soon, too soon, too soon. He's still soon. reeling from the butt fumble. So let's. Uh, mm, so good. Yeah, I mean, so you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of in a combination of both of you guys here because I think, you know, the Texans against the Chargers is going to be a good matchup. Again, the Texans look good. Period, and you pair that with Philip Rivers and a very confused offense, and that's a win. <laughs> Matt, Matt Ryan, right? I mean, I mean you're guaranteed at least one fumble from him. You mean Ryan Matthews? Ryan oh, Matthews. excuse yeah. me. Yes, Ryan Matthews. Yeah. Excuse me. Close. Minimum <laughs> one fumble. Minimum. You know. So, I mean, for me, or I think you know the Steelers against the Titans could be a good one too. I mean, you got Jake Locker, you know, who's more than likely going to throw at least one interception. You know, so I think, mm. and it's going to be a low-scoring game. 
So which again, you know, means that you don't have as much points taken away from your defense. So to me, I think that could be another good start. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's my thought. You know, but what I thought is really interesting is that when you think of tough, de you know, tough defenses, you almost always think about the Baltimore Ravens, right? I mean, they have been a powerhouse for years, and yet they only scored the 14th most fantasy points in 2012, which was, let me say, almost 100 points less than the Chicago Bears. That is frightening. That is a lot of point difference right there. You know, so what has happened to this former dynasty? Like, do you see them having to bounce back here? Like, what is going on with the Ravens? Well, first of all, the Bears were out of control last year. The Bears and the Seahawks, you knew when you played against them because they would get like 40 points. Isn't that what Seahawks got once? Was it 40 points? 40, 41. 41 points. That is insane. That's more that's like Doug running back Martin numbers. numbers. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Doug Martin Doug, one like 52 numbers. one week or something. I can't even yeah, talk about it. Yeah, I was on my bench. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, no, but I think they'll bounce back. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we already predicted that the Super Bowl champs are Cleveland, right? So they're getting yeah. a little bit better. <laughs> Just kidding. They're not Super Bowl champs. But they are better. They're not the doormats that they used to be. Cincinnati is just straight up good. There's no getting around that anymore. Yep. Um, so they, they have better teams to play against. Pittsburgh... Uh, but Pittsburgh's kind of like San Diego for the Broncos. Even when they're bad, they still kind of have your number. You know, they can still kind of beat you in weird ways. So I don't know. I, I feel like they'll have a bounce back year, but they just have a tougher division. Yeah, I mean, listen, Ashley, you have them ranked. Ashley does the defense, and you have Baltimore ranked 21st. Yep. And I think That's that crazy. that is mean, and I <laughs> do not agree. And I just want to say that. I think the fact that you have the Dolphins, the Chiefs, yep. the Lions, who won yep. three games last year yep. with Megatron. But they step and Stafford, on people's faces, Courtney. Oh, it it's is true. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that is low, and I I don't think they're going to be that bad. I think it's going to be interesting. I think they're going to have different strengths this year than they did last year, but I don't think that it's going to be a tear apart Baltimore defense kind of thing. I think that they're going to be right back in your top 10, Ashley, right back in your top 10. So I, I'm okay with them. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm hoping you have the Denver Broncos down a little low just because Von Miller's out, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, that's, that's Vonnie, good Vonnie Von is out. That automatically drops him down a little bit. I mean, I think, but you know, kind of what you're speaking to, Courtney, is this perception of the Ravens. But when you think about it, they were 14th last year. So them being 20th when they've lost Ray Lewis and Ed Reed to me is not unreasonable. You know, and I think it is crazy to think how, you know, the mighty have fallen here, you know, whether it's that perception that those two players are gone, you know, and I guess people, maybe myself included, aren't. 100% confident in Suggs being like the star of this defense, you know, so I have them ranked a little bit lower. I mean, they maybe could be a little bit higher. I'd maybe they got, they, got, they got one of Broncos defensive players too, Dumerville, right? Or who was that from the Broncos this year that yeah. Dumerville? Yeah, yeah, amazing. I mean, I think, I think they're just going to have different strengths, but I think, I think I they're going to they do well. I know, but they still were 14th when they were a well oiled machine. They were 14th last year. You know, I don't and that's still seven points above where you ranked them. Yeah, I think they're gonna drop. I mean, I really do. I mean, they could probably be a little wow. higher. Maybe I'm just like hating on them. It's possible. I, I may still be feeling the sting from the frost bite on my hands from that playoff game where they beat us. You in, in Baltimore, me and Kaepernick. <laughs> you know, it's just it's, it's an they're emotional thing. They're not gonna be bad. <laughs> but I think they're gonna be a mediocre defense this year. You know, and I think it's that big Flacco in your face. It is Denver. that big fifty foot fucking Flacco on the stadium, which I live right <laughs> next to. You know what I'm. You know uh, what I'm saying. Like they're probably. I think they'll be a little higher, and I'm willing to move them up the ranks a little bit. But I don't know. Real it's, quick, it's ladies, I've got. I've got a question for you. Who on your team that you've drafted do you think is going to be an ex-husband of yours by the end of the season? Oof. Mm. I, I, I'm going to say I'm going to go first and say it was an emotional pick in the first place. But Chris Johnson. He he is. He might be an ex-husband of mine halfway through the season. We'll really? See. Well, you know, I, 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 I'm on his wagon right now. I love him. I love him. But 
So only so many times he can let me down before I break up with him. I feel good about him. I really okay. do. Good. I need Russell Wilson to be as good as he is sexy. There you go. And if not, it's going to be a, an ugly breakup. <laughs> We're going to fight over who gets the couch. It's going to be ugly. Good. But he is beautiful. He's very pretty. And he does run. Ugh. I just got him twice, and that was not intentional. I just waited really long for a running back or for a quarterback, and he was it. So I tried out our theories. So we'll see. Maybe I'll love him. I feel the same way, Brent, because I have Demarco Murray in both of my leagues. Oh. And he might definitely be in the doghouse by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, he's so. Uh, you know, anything with the Cowboys just makes me nervous because the moment that Jerry says anything, it's like all shit goes. To, you know, hits the fan. So. Uh, and he's he was a little injury prone last year, but I mean he he had some really great games. But I like consistency in my men, so we we may be brawling, might be know. brawling. Yeah. Well, thanks, ladies. We're done talking for the week. Now it's time to watch some football. Woo-hoo. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! I can't even take it. I know. <laughs> Tonight, Baltimore Ravens at Denver Broncos. So make sure to set your lineups, people. If you got any of them playing. Get them in. I am all in on Justin Tucker. Boom, boom. Make sure to check us out at HerFantasyFootball.com for rankings, news, and much more. Chat us up on Twitter at HerFantasyFB. Until next week, no more faking it, ladies.